All right. Tonight, I wanted to let you know that the Lord put on my heart um, to speak about the effective sower. The effective sower. If you don't know what to sow means, it means to scatter seed upon the ground for growth. Okay, to scatter seed possibly on land, but its intended purpose is for growth. And the word effective means successful in producing a desired or intended result. That being said, an effective sower not only sows seed, but it is supposed to be successful in doing so by yielding the intended crop. To start off, I wanted to talk about how in this world, we got people that like to invest. Invest, gamble, you know, we put in expecting to get something back. And we put a lot into it. Okay, we expect a return. We willing to go all in to get something back. Okay, but did you know that God wants us to go all in for the kingdom of God? And we're going to start off in scripture this, this evening. It's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. All right. It says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service, you are God's field. You are God's building. That was the NIV version. So we're co-workers in God's service. That means that it says that he gives the increase. Not the increase that we assume that the world expects us to have, but God's increase. So knowing that you're God's field, what does that mean? Technically, someone's sowing into you. But guess what? You sow into yourself. And in order to be effective, you have to be mindful of the seeds that's being sown into you. He gives you that. He entrusts you with that. Amen. So we sow our time, our gifts, our money. We sow our time, our gifts, our money, our talents, our attitudes, our words, our plans. Everywhere you go, you're sowing something. How does it affect the kingdom of God? Are you even planting or watering? And, or are you just here? All right, we're gonna go to Mark chapter one, verses 16 through 18. Mark one, verse 16 through 18. Okay. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. The Lord never intended 
for our minds to be on what we can do, but what he can do. He switched that situation from it being a them fishing in the natural to them fishing in the supernatural. It's not based off of who and what you can do, but who he is. That is what he does with our sowing. He'll make it effective. He will make you if you follow him. But you have to be following him in order to allow the increase. Amen. Faithless to faithful. Faithless is you putting your energy into what you can do, what you can see. Faithful is trusting that if I follow him, we will become fishers of men. No one asked, how can I be fishers of men? That doesn't, no one ever asked. That seems a little different. That seems a little odd. But they were ready to go. We're all ready to go in the beginning when we, it looks like we don't have to sacrifice anything. Amen? Um, I remember a time where once uh, at the mall, I'd like to think it was Eastland Mall, they used to have, a, for you to join the military, it was an office there. And I went in, I was like, I'm going to join the military. <laughs> and I go in there, and I was all ready for whatever it was they had for me until they started talking about basic training or boot camp. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You, all you got to do is tell me I'm going to do a push-up. That ain't happening. Because that's not happening, that's what happens with us sometimes in the body of Christ. We are all in. We do seem ready. But guess what? The moment we realize we got to do something that seems difficult or off-putting or not your norm, we do tell ourselves, we ain't doing that. Guess what? They dropped all and followed him, but we know it wasn't that easy. Amen. That being said, when you follow God, you have to let him do the work. Your works did not get you saved. Your works will not keep you saved. But he did create works beforehand that you should walk in them. But he will give them to you. He's the source of your seed. In order for you to be an effective sower, you have to know who the source is and where it comes from. We're free. You no longer have to work. You no longer have to be the greatest thing. So in Galatians 5.1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What that means is, at one point in time, we had to be right. We had to hit every nail on the head, but you don't have to do that anymore. You're free. But let your freedom be in Christ. Also, there is a seed that is temporary, and then you got one that's eternal. Which one matters? Which one stands for you? Simon and Andrew went from fishing in the earthly realm to sowing spiritually. If you like to, well, y'all probably know the scripture, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. By grace ye have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. We say that scripture so easily, but do we grasp that your works, you don't have to be excited about your works. You are free and your gra his grace has saved you. So you don't have to work. This sowing is supernatural and spiritual and the Lord will give the increase. So he's going to show you how to water, how to plant, what to eat, what not to eat, what water is pure. Okay. Now I'm going to say Galatians 5, 16 through 17. If you'd like to read along, I'll be patient. Galatians 5, 16 through 17. 
this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that it would. You're walking with you all day. It's not going nowhere. Amen. We're going to learn eventually that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. It doesn't happen overnight, but as we continue to follow him, he will show us how to walk, how to be an effective sower here so that we can increase the kingdom of God. Amen. The same way he gave us a measure of faith, we are to build upon that. We don't just settle. We are to keep going. And faith without works is dead. We're sowers no matter what. Okay, but... Success according to this world is different than the success that God requires of us. His requirements are the different, and the only way we'll know them is through his word, and we have to learn about his wisdom. So we're going to discuss the, the wisdom of God and how to become an effective sower in his spirit only. All right, turn to, well, you know, Romans 10, 17. We know this scripture. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Hebrews 11:6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. We got to have faith. When we try to walk this walk and sow and call ourselves being a blessing to people and not trusting in God and tr we start to trust in ourselves. All right, we're going to talk about Luke. We're going to turn to Luke 2, 41. We'll start at 45. Luke 2, 45. All right. Jesus' parents were looking for him. It says, so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And we're going to skip down to verse 52 where it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. He was a child and he was increasing, but according to what the Lord's standard is. We can't get complacent. We can't be okay with thinking that we have it together or that we've arrived. Even as a child, God was hung well, Jesus was hungry, but he's showing us how to walk, how to live, how hungry we are, we are supposed to be. Pastor always teaches us about the Beatitudes, he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. We too are supposed to. A child is humble. We are also to stay humble and meek because the Beatitudes, that's exactly what it talks about. If you look at each one, every person is humble. That's at all times. You can have confidence. You can know who you are. But you are to stay meek and humble. That is also 
something that an effective sower has because they know who their source is of that seed that they're sowing into the kingdom of God. James 1.21 says to receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Do you know implant is to fix to? That word needs to be attached and dwelt in you, pure. It's holy. In our world, we have so many channels, internet, Facebook, TikTok, internet, news, TV, and we use all of these filters to try to hear the word, oh, they're talking about God. But you need to know what God's voice sounds like and what his word says, minus the filters. You need to be able to know what his seed is about. You need to know, because you can be walking thinking you're being effective, and you're, it's not landing on nothing. Amen? <laughs> All right. Well, our favorite scriptures, but I'm going to go to Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He shall be like a seed planted by the rivers of water. Amen? All right. And he meditates in God's law day and night. Okay. His delight, I'm sorry, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. It's natural. It won't be something you have to try to figure out because guess what? You got all that you need. God said he will supply you all your needs according to his riches and glory. As you walk and you're full of him and your cup is running over, guess what? Everybody that come around, you're going to eat off that tree. You have to get all you can get so that you can kick out for the kingdom. You have to be able to sow into yourself so that you can produce and help somebody else. We didn't get saved just for us. It was never about you. Amen. God said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He was our example. He was not selfless. He always thought of others. And he wants us to know what it's like to be effective, to make sure that that seed didn't just land anywhere. But we have to know how to impart that in ourselves. Amen. And we have to be, we are responsible for what enters in. What did it say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? That we are God's land. We are his building. We are to build upon that. Amen. We live in this world. We're not a part of it. We don't have to take a part and piece of this world to be effective. Okay, we're going to turn to John chapter 6, verse 32. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot where I was at. John chapter 6, verse 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. There are going to be things that look just like and seem like it's full of life and that it's going to give you just plentiful. And let me tell you, you got to know about the true bread. Like I said a second ago, we don't need assistance. God gives us what we need. He's going to be your source. One plant, one water, God gives the increase. Don't we want to increase in stature and wisdom? Not just so we can look good, but that so we can walk and live good here on earth. We don't have to wait till we leave here. Amen? We live here. We are to walk in joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness. He wants us to reap those benefits. Don't think he counts you out. We need you to build upon, build upon that house. 
okay? He has entrusted us as stewards to build upon that house. We don't have time to stop. We don't have time. He reigns, and we are to follow him. He will make us everything he wants us to be. He's the potter, and we're the clay. And we are to yield to the Holy Spirit. Let God's words and his truth be the deciding factor and your sole means of truth. Don't let the world assist you in what truth is. I don't care how similar it sounds to God's word. Okay? Matthew 25, 7 through 9. It's about wise and foolish virgins. It says, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered and saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Nobody's going to keep your light lit like you. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. We need to be ready to preach in season and out of season at all times. It's not just through the words that come out of your mouth. It's also your presence. It's also everywhere your feet tread, holy ground. We don't need to be asking someone else all the time. God gave you what you need. Don't sell yourself short. You are intended to be an effective sower. And God said he's going to show you through his word, through his wisdom, his word. Some are wise and some are foolish. You can't give out something you really don't have. Okay? Get what you need so you can sow and be effective. Praise be to God for his wisdom because we don't have it. If we had it, we wouldn't need him to redeem us at the cross. He said he will supply us all that we need. When we say that scripture, we always think of tangible things, practical things. No. What about spiritual things? He gives you everything you need to grasp and walk this walk. He does. Don't think the person next to you have something you don't have. God is God. He sees you. He knows where you're at. He said, follow him. And they stopped what they were doing and follow him. Don't stop. When it looks hard, you look unto the hills from whence cometh your help. All right? And in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2, it says, for to everything there is a season. It's a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to plant and a time to harvest. That being said, there's going to be a time where you are seemingly not sowing or you are seemingly not growing. Don't despise that small beginning. There's a time for you to receive, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Guess who is the orchestrator of that? The Lord. You don't need a co-signer to tell you when and where and how. He will show you when, where, and how. We're not just here by happenstance. He wants you to be a participator and not just a spectator. But trust him. Wait on him. It might seem like a slow roll or you're learning, a small roll of you growing, but he knows exactly who you are and what he's doing. He's just waiting on you to yield to him. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Proverbs 4 7. Um, we're going to go to Proverbs 4 and 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. 
And in all you're getting, get understanding. Don't only try to grasp worldly wisdom, everyone. The Lord says, in all you're getting, get understanding. When we teach our kids, we expect them, we, we, well, we're a little more patient with them. We understand they're not going to get everything over the night. Well, what do you think the Lord is expecting you to do? It's no rush. We all want to skip and know everything. We all want to just be important. We want to be a pastor, have a church. Everybody wants to be what the world thinks is big. But God said he uses the foolish things to this world to put to shame the wise. You're, like I said, your works did not get you saved. He is the author and finisher of our faith. The work that he began in you, he will complete it. He will complete it. So this wisdom, this word, he wants us to get it so that we can be effective sowers. We need you to get it. He needs you how to land that. He needs you to know how to land that seed so that we can be a blessing to those around us and next to us. Another scripture that stands out that the Holy Spirit gave to me was Isaiah, and it was 40 and 8. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. When you want something that stands forever, how much energy and practice and things do we put into the things that are around us that we can see? And the word says the things that we see are temporary and the things that are not seen are eternal. We just need to be reminded of that. We need to be eating our word daily, eating this bread daily. We need to be getting full of his water, the pure water. Amen. Let's not stunt, stunt our growth. Let's grow like Jesus did. And like I said, it has nothing to do with your body growth. Sometimes we look at age and just assume, oh, they're smart. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter the age. Get all that you can get from God. Learn all that you can. He sees you. He used children all the time. Just like when we were just talking about the Beatitudes, the meek and the humble. I think he talks about children for a reason, because they know they're inadequate. Amen. And we need to understand that what he made is good in us, but we need him because of our sin nature. We need him so that we can grow and that he can bring us in the season we're supposed to be in at the appointed time. Some of us say, what God got for me is for me. Well, why would you want to push it way somewhere it's not supposed to be because you feel like this road is too tough? We go to church, we read the word, we talk about God. But then at the end of the day, we're, we're, not, we're like, no, I can't do that. I can't relinquish that. Just try it because his ways are so much higher and better than ours. And he will do exceedingly abundantly above all. I'm not even going to say what you ask, but even what you think. All right. Seed that lasts and it yields. It yields a hundredfold. And we need to stop looking at it like it's just money or practical things because let me tell you everything you need will come he said seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all those things shall be added to you money will be the last thing you think about because you'll have peace you'll have joy you'll be able to walk in wisdom and freedom ain't nothing like freedom and peace when you lay down in the evening okay we're gonna go to mark we're gonna talk about the seed and the sower, Mark chapter one, uh, four. We're not going to go through all of it. <laughs> Mark chapter four. Verse 
verses three through eight. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it sprang, I mean, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. There goes that produced. There goes that effective sower, where the word effective means successful in producing that intended result. Only God can do that. Only God. So we're going to skip down to verse 14. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, choke it, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. When we hear that, we always think about where we are. We already said that, well, the word already said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we are God's field. God is the one that increases that fruit. You are the one that, are a lot, you're the one that is in charge of what is sown upon that ground. First of all, you have to get the right word. We're worried about the soil. You need to be getting the right seed for the soil. How will you get your soil right? If you're not getting it watered, if you're not getting seed scattered upon it, how are you going to get good soil? Amen? He doesn't expect us to do everything. He will increase. One plant, one's waters. you got believers that can sow in you. You can sow in you. He wouldn't give us instruction if you weren't supposed to do anything. Faith without works is dead. You are to till your ground. You are to work that out. He said, work out your own salvation. Amen. Okay. You can have great and ready soil all you want, but what's being poured into you? All right. Well, also our words, we sow words into our life. It's not always from the outside in. We know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those that who love it, guess who eats the fruit? That is something that we do. When we speak, we're not just sowing out, we're sowing in. Luke, turn to Luke 645, please. Sorry, I got y'all all over the, the word. Hmm? 645. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. 
and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. We are to heed the Holy Spirit. We are to not let our fire go out. We are to sow into ourselves. We are to grow. We are to not ever stop. We are not to ever think we've arrived. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when our words come out and it doesn't edify, we have to check our heart because the Lord, when you've been born again, you are a new, you are a spirit being. You have his spirit in you. The soul is getting saved over time. So that takes time. So guess what? In order to get your heart right and in order for you to say life things, once again, God needs you to gain his wisdom, not the world's wisdom, in order for you to be an effective sower in your own life and in others. Galatians 6 and 6. Oh, one through. Hold on. Galatians 6. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he shall also reap. There goes that investing again. What we kick out, it gets a return. It might not come back the exact same way we thought it would, but it will come back. Verses 8, Galatians 6 and 8. It was 7 through 9. I apologize. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. There goes God's produce again, his harvest. It lasts. It's not temporary. Sometimes to get great success is to walk in the design that he created, not sometimes, all the time, that he created for you. You shall be like a tree planted by the river of water, just like it. Your leaf will not wither. Everything you do will prosper. Every single thing, not some of it. So you must feed your spirit man. It's easy and comfortable for us to feed our flesh because all these years we were sowing into our flesh. But God said, follow me. He said, choose ye this day who you will serve. You have a choice every day. His mercies are new every day. And you get up and you follow after him. When you practice righteousness and not lawlessness, it'll become your mind will be renewed and the wisdom of God will be the one leading you. In order to want, in order to want to give something, you got to get something. But you have to want to get something before you want to give something. There's a song, y'all heard the song, Don't Do It Without Me? It goes, don't do it without me, you know. But are you ready? We sing those songs, are we ready for God to do it with us? Turn to Matthew 12 and verse 30. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. When the Lord makes that statement, he's letting us know there is no in-between. We're either sowing for God or we're sowing for the world. He said, he who is not with me is against me. We need to be on God's side, not the world's side. There is two sides. 2 Timothy 4 and 2 says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Preaching isn't just this word of God. God gives you wisdom. God gives you what to say, when to say it. And only he can do that. 
I try to be ready at all times. I do. When I think of ready, I think of double dutch. If anybody knows what double dutch is, the girls, we're ready to jump in, and we're just always ready. And that's how we're supposed to be in the body of Christ, always ready. We don't have it all, but we're ready for God to use us. Be ready. So you got to be full. You got to be full of him so that he can use you and you can be an effective sower in your own life and in the kingdom of God. Always ready. Anyone um, know the scripture, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. In this world, we pride ourselves in what we want, what we're going to get, what's next. Mind, my mind, I got this coming. But it says he who sows sparingly. We can't hold everything to ourselves. We can't sit on that seed. Some of us sit on our seed. I ain't ready, or I'm not right, or I'm not good enough yet. Have you asked God? Did you let him be the source? Did you let him be the, the author and finisher of your faith? He didn't say take a time out in the middle and figure it out yourself. He never did. Don't sit on your seat. And sometimes we look around and we're like, well, where's my harvest? How come this is happening? How comes that? You can't pick and choose when you're supposed to. If, if God is the orchestrator, if you're following God, he said, let this mind be. He also said, if you keep your mind on him, he'd keep you in perfect peace. So you don't have to rattle in the end trying to grab all your seed and figure things out. You were already with him. He said, follow him, and he will make you fishers of men. But you have to continuously follow him. So when we do take timeouts, we got to understand it's not him. He said, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Okay. Matthew 23, 12, I'm going to talk about being humble for a second. It says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That goes along the lines of God said that he'll give the increase. He will exalt you in due time. You stay humble. You let God be your source. Everyone turn to 1 Corinthians 3. 10 through 17. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 17. 3, 10 through 17 says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. You're not lost, you're not burnt, but your work is. We need that work to be effective. We want you to be an effective soul for the body of Christ. The word says, the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. 
All of us are just as valuable and important. The Lord says in his word that he's the chief cornerstone. You start working on that building, be careful how you build upon it. Because guess what? Someone's eating off your tree as well. It's not just you. So when we get complacent and say, I got all I need, I'm walking in Christ, I know the word, I go to church, I've arrived, and you forgot about those around you. He's filling you up. He wants your cup running over so that other people are affected. Time went by fast. I'm going to say that when I was lost, I remember something. I was on I-95 driving in my vehicle and my tire busted. Very, never in life has, this really never happens to me, but my tire busted and I pulled over on the side of the road. It was dark and I was not saved back then. And when I pulled over, all I could think of was how to keep going. I gotta, I gotta get this tire fixed. It was dark. I start walking. I didn't get two, se two steps before I turned around and I seen a car. And that car was coming I turned around, and a lady got off the car. She was in her 60s. I'm not making this up. And she had a little girl with her. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I need a ride to the next exit. She's like, um, open your trunk and get out your spare. That woman changed my tire in the dark on the side of the road on her knees. And um, she said, come on, we're going to the next exit, and we're going to put you some air in this, um, don't, that little donut thing. <laughs> we get to the next exit, and I pull out my wad of money, because I'm about to pay her. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm okay. And I'm going to tell you something. I didn't get saved till I was 24. When I got saved, there were two people that came to mind. That woman, and then another woman on a Sunday morning that... I was at the gas station, still in whatever I was in from the night before. And the woman walked out, I was walking out the store and this woman was in her church clothes and she said, be careful, sister. When I got saved, those two people came to my mind. They didn't sow nothing miraculous. They didn't use the word of God. How did that woman know I was there? How did she know I was a woman? How did she know to pull over? I was not over there that long. I'm saying that to say, that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Those people are not thinking about themselves. They are not walking around thinking about what they're going to get, but they're thinking about what they're going to give. To be an effective sower, heed God's word. Learn what he has to say. Learn to hear his voice. Get rid of all of what the world has to tell you God's about. Get to know him for yourself so that you too can be an effective sower.